Like, definitely meet your heroes because they, I mean, maybe not all of them. Like, if your hero is Elon Musk, like, maybe skip that one. But... Welcome back to Hate Spinnerbait, the show where we hate spinnerbait, but we love that now when we say friend of the show, Sarah Dessen, we really mean it. <laughs> we really mean it. Ah! We're besties now, y'all. We're kind of a big deal. Sorry, I don't know if we have time to answer, you know, phone calls anymore. We're so important now. Just kidding. We're <laughs> too important. important. It's just we're basically celebrities. Pretty much. We're, we're a very big deal. Uh, the big deals that we are is, hi, everyone. I'm Bethany. If you're new to the show, if you haven't listened to us before, uh, I guess I should say who I am. So, hi, I'm Bethany. With me, as always, is my co-host extraordinaire, Michael Ann. Michael Ann, the last two weeks have been iconic. Dare I say iconic? We we know at the top of the show today, we're just going to go ahead and talk about our lives last couple weeks because we know y'all want to know. At least we hope you want to know. If, even if you don't, <laughs> we're telling you because we want to discuss it Exactly. <laughs> exactly so we are gonna discuss it uh we have things to go over speak now taylor's version obviously will be discussed. <gasps> yes. the fact that we met our queen sarah dustin obviously has to be discussed and oh yeah the fact that michael ann is now a missus obviously has to be discussed so we're gonna take you on a quick journey before we time travel to 2008 to read lock and key today we're gonna take you on a quick journey i guess chronological or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll start with uh, Michael and you got married. How was that? I got married. <laughs> it was so 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 fun. It was like the best couple days ever. It couldn't have gone. Oh, it, it could have gone better, you know, because I'm broke now. <laughs> but it couldn't have gone better. It was so fun. We had the best time. Bethany and her mom drove all the way up from Georgia. Drove from Georgia slash Florida warriors to Vermont. And that is a long ass drive. So that was amazing. We danced the little night away. We had chicken tenders. Yeah. Well, I don't think you went to the chicken tenders party, but we did have a chicken tenders. I, no, after- I didn't get to do that. Oh, now I'm sad. It's be- okay. So after we were done at the hall, we went to the restaurant yeah. for chicken tenders, but I was so tired at that point. I was like, just staring off into nothing. And everybody was like, maybe you should go to bed. I'm like, yeah. I'm amazed you partied on at like everyone after my wedding went to I, well, not I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot, a lot of people after my wedding, you know, partied on to the after party because when you're a guest, like you, you didn't have yeah. the drainingness of the day. And I remember Mike and I were in our hotel room and they came to like let us know where they where they were going. And I was like, I'm going to sleep now. Thank you so much, though, for letting me know. <laughs> I was like, that's cute. Yes. <laughs> that you think we'd want to do that. <laughs> Our friends kept hanging out. They were like at a table together. It looked like they were vibing and we were just like, I I was like, I can't. And then the next morning 
my parents threw like a breakfast for everybody. So I went because, you know, I had to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I stayed there. Like I said hi to as many people as I could. And then I like told my family, I was like, okay, you're going to leave me alone for the next five hours. <laughs> do not call me. Do not text me. Do not come to my cabin for five hours minimum. And I, and, but Andrew kept, you know, Andrew's a little social butterfly. So he was yeah socializing with everybody. And I was comatose in the bed in the cabin as as one should be i think all brides should get at least like a 24 hour time where they can just i just hit the mic um where they can just yeah relax and not have to deal with anyone that's mad respect yes um my clan and i are very similar in the fact that we i i guess you could say we're more introverted people and the fact like like i love hanging out with people but i always need time to like sit and stare off into the distance for you know 30 minutes or 30 minutes 30 minutes, three hours after I've had a lot of social interaction. And so we were discussing when we were going to record this very episode that you're listening to. And I was like, oh, I can do it after this. And she knew I was just with my in-laws. And Friday I would be driving in back to to Georgia from visiting with my in-laws. And she's like, I'm going to let you have Friday to stare off into the distance for five hours. We can record on Saturday. And I was like, bless you. (laughs) And I was like, you're a real MVP. So yeah, like after a wedding, like you need, I think like at least 24 hours to just stare like, you know, off into the distance. And you know, it was crazy. And then I moved. Yeah, the very same week. flew home (laughs) Wednesday and then we moved into a new apartment. And by the way, we don't have any friends here because we've only been here for like a few months and we didn't hire movers. So me and my fiance, my fiance. Oh, oh. your husband. Me, my husband. <laughs> me and my husband moved by ourselves. So that was also absolutely horrendous. Y'all, y'all be crying. So it was just like one thing after another. I'm telling you, we took two weeks off, but y'all, I mean, you know, some of the things obviously we've been up to in the last two weeks, but like, you don't know, like it was the craziest two weeks and I wasn't I didn't get married but I attended a wedding and it was beautiful my clan was gorge just want I, you've all seen the pictures but yeah. like hello yeah. the most stunning bride it was beautiful we my mom and I had the best time we really did um and we were little road trip warriors yeah we had a really good time uh and I also just want to shout out to Emmy fan of the show who made me feel like the coolest person alive because I was at cocktail hour just mingling and she was like sorry to interrupt but I'm a really big fan of the show and I was like stop it and I like wanted to cry because it was the sweetest thing anyone has ever done and then she had me and my clan sign um her copy of someone like you am I am I yes it is someone like you yes I feel like I'm saying the wrong novel but I'm pretty sure that's one we signed I should know. I signed it. And again, it was the coolest I've ever felt in my entire life. Um, yeah. Mingled with yes. some great people. My mom, this is a direct quote from the official hate spinner bait mom TM. She was like, these people know how to party. That was a direct quote from my mom. <laughs> she enjoyed it very much. <laughs> so these people really know how to party. We do. And I was like, they do, mom. You're right. So she said, they have a good time. Correct. So, yeah, so it was very cute. And yeah, we had a lovely time. And then, yeah, you're in your cute little house, and I came and I picked you up in your cute little house, and I mean apartment, but like it's like like it's a cute little like house apartment. It's very cute, y'all. Just take my word for it. (laughs) Then we we traveled on up to Chapel Hill, Chapel Thrill, as they call it in the streets. Nobody calls it that. (laughs) I'm gonna make it a thing. Chapel Chapel Thrill. Thrill. Every time I go to visit my friend Kristen, like that's what I. Um, used to center like when she was in college I was like headed up to chapel through it was a good time but 
We had it up. We went to like basically our Mecca, Sarah Dustin Gurley's Mecca. Oh, I thought of a thing. Also, speaking of the Mecca, so we for sure, obviously, because we're besties with Sarah now, which we'll get into. I mean, y'all heard the interview, but we'll get into a little bit of the behind the scenes here for you guys uh, shortly. But I just had this thought like literally today and I waited to tell my glints we're recording <laughs> because I wanted to get your live reaction for the show. But anywho, I was like, what if one of these days, because again, we know she's got like a new novel or novels, plural, coming out at some point, And we definitely want to go up to Flyleaf Books and like do a whole signing. You know, when she does her, her reading and her signing there, we would obviously love to be there. And I was like, what if we got a bunch of people from the show and we treated it like it was a like a Taylor Swift concert and we all went as like our favorite era. Like I went in like a truth about forever inspired book. Like someone came, you know what I mean? Like how fun would that be? And oh we all God. just, I was like, would that not be fun? Like I'm into it. So if anyone listening, whenever Sarah finally gets this book out and we, she has some kind of like book get together in the Chapel Hill area, everyone please come and we're going to do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So start saving now. Yes. <laughs> like, you know. I called dibs on keeping the moon. I'm going to dress as the last yes, chance waitress. For How sure. cute would that be, right? For How cute sure. would that be? Yes. I was like, we could be like Morgan and Isabel. Oh but then also I was like, oh, but I, maybe I'd want to do like a truth about everything. But I kind of, I think if we're doing it, especially the conversations we have had with Sarah, our new BFF, I think we'd have to go with like Morgan and Isabel from keeping the moon. And we'd be like, we're in our keeping the moon era. T-shirts. That's the cool last chance t-shirts. I'd be so cute. I'd wear like a little, yes. I'd go full out. <laughs> Yeah, like name tags. One of us can be Isabel. I'll, I'll be Isabel because one hundred percent you are Isabel and I am Morgan. There, no one is denying that. <laughs> I wish I was like, cool enough to be Isabel, but I know I am not. I know my place in this story. <laughs> oh, jeez. Also, we passed yeah. Dylan both on our way up and on our way back, like from going to Chapel Hill. And both times I go, they do weddings there. <laughs> I just want everyone to know. <laughs> I said it both times because I'm lame like she that. Did. I did. And it was really fun. But yeah, how fun would that be? So whenever she does that, we're getting the girlies. We're getting the Hate Spinner Bay girlies together. We're, everyone claim your era. And we're doing it. And that's going to be really fun. We're doing like, it. We can take like a really cute yeah. picture. All of us together with Sarah. Love it. Like, she would love it too she would, she would freak, so out. freak out she would be so into it so yeah she's so nice it's crazy. so so good so yeah michael ann tell us tell you know obviously picked you up we headed to chapel hill we almost died in a flash flood we didn't really but did. <laughs> we were in line at cookout at like 10 30 yes. at night and we got flash flood flash flood warnings and we were both like what the hell is a flash flood we don't even really know what that yeah. means then I look it up and it's like, you will die, basically, is like the Google result. <laughs> and I'm not. like, oh, my God. But we just stayed in the cookout line. And you know what? Worth it because I got chicken tenders yeah. and french fries. Damn straight. And something else. Onion rings. Maybe. Delicious. I think that was it. And the poor lady could not hear me because it was pouring rain. And I'm shouting at her the orders. And I'm trying to order. If anyone is familiar with cookout, if any of y'all live in the southeast, you know about cookout. It's a regional fast food restaurant. And I'm trying to order. They're famous for their trays. And so I'm trying to order Michael Ann's first because, like, technically Michael Ann should be easier because I'm the one who's, like, picky and doesn't eat meat on my quesadilla. So I'm, like, chicken tender tray. And she keeps being, like, Cajun chicken wrap. And I'm just, like, being pelted with rain. <laughs> and I'm, like, no. And she couldn't hear me. And so then we finally get to the drink portion of hers. I go to order mine. 
my clan had ordered a Coke mostly because it was just simple. And I go to order mine. I want a cheer wine, okay? Because, like, I love a good cheer wine when you're in North Carolina. Like, got to do it when in Rome. And so I'm like, with cheer wine? She goes, a Coke as well? And I go, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So over <laughs> having to order this food. But we survived the flash flood. Yay. Went and saved my friend Kristen. Special shout out to Kristen Chavez, who was our, like, producer basically last weekend we went to interview um sarah shout out to bemi and miriam for letting us crash at your house and just like be little stress balls we get in this is how like rude i am okay i also want you to know Kristen and i have been dear friends for years you've heard me talk about her before one time she texted me and she goes "Ooh, i was called out in the podcast and i was like oh the pop culture thing and she goes yeah and i'm like i would do it again you deserve to be called out <laughs> so I, I make fun of her a lot but i love her dearly and she's the best person but yeah just to make it clear the two of us like show up soaking wet like almost 11 o'clock at night with our little cookout <laughs> and we have to wake up quite early the next day to go meet our queen right and so you know Roommates are downstairs. They're watching a show that'll become important later, everyone. So put a pen in that. And <laughs> the first thing I do, an absolute like asshole that I am, because again, these people are like letting us stay at their place for free. And I go, Ugh, I forgot y'all aren't coffee people. You're yucky tea people. What am I gonna do tomorrow morning? I need to be caffeinated for Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually the worst human being in existence, everyone. My friend for years is letting me stay at her place. And I'm like, how dare you not have coffee for me? <laughs> so, yeah, I Uber Eats some coffee some from Starbucks for my clan and I the next morning. Because we're both like, oh, yes. we can't live without. We got like real Laura like Gilmore real quick is all I'm going to say. We did. Like we real did. quick. I needed coffee. Um, and it was really cute because Kristen, again, instead of being like, wow, that was really rude of you, was just like, I can go get you coffee tomorrow morning. And I was like, it's fine. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Stop being so accommodating yeah. when I'm being so yeah, rude. Right? Seriously. How dare you? Oh. So, yeah, then we got some – it was, like, Christmas Eve, and I could barely sleep. I, like, lost my little fidgety mm-hmm. things. I'm going to stand up for a minute. It's in my chair. Okay. Whoa, there we go. So we wake up the next morning. Well, it's, like, Christmas Eve. I can barely sleep, but I managed to get some shut-eye. We wake up. I get coffee delivered. We're getting ready. We're freaking out. Like, we are freaking out a lot. The amount of times Mike Lynn and I, like, text discuss our outfits <laughs> – like we are meeting the queen. Like I, we were meeting the queen. We were just oh my god. We we're so we were so excited. We go to the Durham County Public Library. Also, special shout out everyone to the Durham County Public Library yes. for being amazing. Their library is so yes. cool. It has a freaking recording studio. It's so cool. So we were just blown away by that. We get there. We get into the room. We're like practicing our sound. We're taking some funny pictures. I'm trying not to throw up because you know it's a big moment. Mm-hmm. and uh Kristen's roommate Bemi comes with us and we're sitting there and she's like it's very confusing in here should I go like out to help Sarah like find her way in because she knew obviously we were nervous and like setting up equipment and stuff still and we're like yeah actually that would be super great <laughs> and then Bemi because of course like she knows what's going on and what we're doing she goes out there to greet her and this is where basically Sarah Dustin could have been kidnapped because she's just like Hey, Sarah, <laughs> doesn't explain like, hey, I'm with hate center mate. Like, I'm just trying to show you where she goes, goes, hey, Sarah, this way. And Sarah doesn't just follows her. <laughs> and it's so good. And Sarah's like, yeah, I realized like I probably should have asked because I was like, she doesn't look like the girls that I like see on Instagram. And like, 
But I just followed her blindly. And she's like, but, you know, I figured she was a nice lady at a library. Like, if you're going to follow someone blindly. And it's like, yeah, that's the time to do it. So we get it down. To and she's a librarian. And she's, yeah, fact. literally, she's a librarian. So if there's anyone to trust in a library, it's Femi. She's a librarian. So, yeah, we interviewed her, obviously. Uh, listen to it if you haven't. Um, I'm pretty sure probably most of you have because it's only the coolest episode we've ever done. And I cannot stress enough that it was just the coolest experience. Like, she was just the nicest person. And it floats so naturally. And there's, like, 18,000 questions that we still want to ask. But she basically made it sound like we could definitely do this again. And also, we want her friend yeah. Bianca. Bianca, if you're listening. Bianca. We want you on the show. <laughs> we, we need you on the show. You need to be on the yeah. show. Stat. You need to tell us where the bodies are mm-hmm. hidden. Or buried Bianca, or we know you're hidden. the one who's got the tea. So please – Hit us with the tea. And then we just like chatted. The, well, we then we did gift exchange, which like never my wildest dreams. Like it was gift enough that Sarah Destin showed up and like did this. And Michael Ann is dying right now. <laughs> I, I am like literally like coughing my little heart out. I don't know what's going on. And she was trying to do it stealthily and muke her, muke, muke her mic, mute her mic. <laughs> and then I called her out. <laughs> like yes. a little rude just continuing on with the story when I could see her dying. I was like, should I check in on her? Is she okay? And she gave gifts. Like, she gave us the nicest, coolest gifts. And then, like, mm-hmm. was just the nicest, coolest person. She immediately – okay, so Michael Ann and I, before, like, you know, leading up to it, were like, can you imagine if she gives us a hug? Yes. Oh, my God, I can't imagine. She immediately walked in and gave us – I got two hugs from Sarah Dessen in this meeting, everyone. I don't think you understand how much that means to me. Yeah, so we were like, I wonder if she'll give us a hug. And then literally right when she walked in the studio, she's like, oh, my God. Like, her arms out. We were like, ah. yeah. I really the one thing I wish we could have done is recorded everyone's reactions when we first met because it was I was honestly so funny but it was so sweet and just like genuine and she is just like so sweet and genuine and she continues to make our week like the fact that she sat down with us and did that and then she gave us these really wonderful presents and it was just so nice like we walked out with her and was basically just like, oh, see y'all next time you're in Chapel Hill, basically. And we're like, oh, my God, we're besties. Mm-hmm. And then she was so excited to be able to, like, shout us out. Like, oh, like, it, you know, she was really surprised the episode was coming out so quickly. Um, and she's like, I usually have to, like, wait on these things. And so she was so excited to shout us out. And then she put us in her Substack, And it was the sweetest, cutest thing. And the miniatures to, like, represent us. And, like... Y'all, I literally am drinking out of a Stanley right now, and we had our Stanleys with us. And the fact that she was like, I wish I had, like, a little miniature Stanley to represent, but a zip Coke will do. And I'm, like, crying. I, like, was crying when I wrote the questions, you know? Like, you know, I wrote some questions on the Google Doc because we kind of obviously throughout the podcast have talked about things. And then we actually had to be like, oh, shoot, we need to remember this. So. Michael and I both kind of like separately wrote some stuff and then we got together and we're like, okay, like what are the questions we are asking? And we had like a little, a little chat. And so like I cried when I wrote them. I cried when we like got together and we're like, okay, these are the definitive questions. And then we actually got to ask them. And when she got teary, when I asked her like, what would you do? Whatever. Cause like I'd gotten teary writing that one. And I was like, oh, it was just, I can't. I just can't. thank you. We Brianna the other day on the Discord was like, "You you pick the right author to stand," and it's like, "Yeah, we really, we really did. did. Like, we we really couldn't did. have gotten she couldn't have any been. more fortunate." Like, definitely meet your heroes because they. I mean, maybe not all of them. Like, if your hero is Elon Musk, like maybe skip that one. But <laughs> meeting Sarah Dessen was beyond perfect. It was amazing. 
I can't. She yeah. gave us a 100%. advanced reader copy of Keeping the Moon. And literally both of us were just standing, sitting there like mouths wide open, just like speechless. And I just immediately started crying. I'm like, oh my God, you don't know what this means to me. And I, it was beautiful. I've just been living in this like, (laughs) like sometimes I just sit quietly and I just like, I'm like, oh my God, I met Sarah Dessen this weekend and she gave me a hug (laughs) and it was amazing. Beautiful. so 13-year-old Mike Lan would be beside herself. Yeah. 30, like, two-year-old yeah. Bethany is freaking out. So I can't even imagine what 13-year-old Bethany would think of what she did this week. And, like, yeah, I went – like, our expectations obviously were so high. And the fact that, like, she's, you know, like, succeeded those expectations, like, she was even more amazing than we imagined. I just – I can't even, like, put into words or express how how cool it was. Like, Mike Land texted me. She was editing the episode. And she was like, oh, my God, I just, like, got teary again. Like, you know, she was saying how thankful she was for us. And so then she sent me the link so I could listen before we put it up. And then I, I'm like, I'm crying now, too. <laughs> like, just like pretty much, like, once every other day this past week, we're both like, do you remember when this happened? And then this happened? I'm crying mm-hmm. again. So, yeah, we've just, like, we've been beside ourselves all week. Like, you think it can't get any better. And then, yeah, she just like posts nice things about you on her sub stack. And you're like, yes. what? why stop? You're yes. nice. So she's just the sweetest. And the rest of the weekend was so fun. We were the most women in your thirties um, ever the rest of the day. We went into Flyleaf books and, you know, obviously we had to, it was lovely. We had a great time. We bought some things and then, oh, we officially have the short story now. Yes. So from the long story short, uh, North Carolina, they, they did this thing. So it's literally two and a half pages, I think, of a story that she wrote. Will we make an entire two-hour episode out of it? You bet your ass you will. We will. Absolutely. <laughs> so look forward to that one coming down the pipe at some point. And so, yeah, so we, we bought that at Flyleaf Books. We bought a couple things. We basically just did, like, the great book tour of Chapel Hill. We went down Franklin Street, went to another bookstore. Sarah had recommended a couple of places to go. So we basically hit it up all the places she recommended and then like true women in their 30s we went home that night just exhausted from you know like such a high in the morning so we like basically adrenaline crash in the evening and we sat there and we watched maybe our new favorite show restored yes. which is on the diy network thank you bemmy for bringing this into our lives and there we were five women in our 30s just watching this man named brett who always wears a cowboy hat bring old houses back into breathe life into these old houses he's obsessed with linoleum he runs into we were hysterically laughing it was the best like the perfect way to cap off like an already perfect yes day. absolutely it was if you guys have whatever channel restored is on or whatever streaming service i don't even know discover plus or something like that I think look so, it up yeah. it's worth it that show's amazing and okay. brett come on the show you don't have anything to yeah, do we want with him on the pod. YA or Sarah Dessen at all, but we want you on the pod. You're now part of the Hate Center Bay universe, yes. so we want you on the yes. pod. <laughs> An official member. An official member. Yeah. Also, claim your era now, Brett. What would you like to <laughs> go as to the Sarah Dessen book signing? We'd love to know. You Cowboy Hat would obviously be involved. We, we welcome you, sir, to our, our happy little community. Come hang out with us. Be on the pod. We'd love to know more about your thoughts on linoleum. Come mm-hmm. on down. Chat with us. 
it was a really epic experience. And then as if our week wasn't already great enough, we knew that our other queen, Taylor Swift, would be dropping yes. Taylor's version, Speak Now. And we are now going to now speak on <laughs> – I'm done. I'll see you. <laughs> we are going to speak now on Taylor Swift's latest release. Just now. I have yes. so many thoughts and opinions. And first and foremost, oh, the thing I want to address – First and foremost is like, this is a Gaylor friendly podcast and I am a Gaylor stan. Okay. So if we're looking at this album from a Gaylor perspective, and I don't even think you have to look at it from a Gaylor perspective. I think when you're listening to when Emma falls in love and you're not thinking this is a story, this is a song about a woman in love with another woman. Yes. You're just wrong. wrong. Like this is the queer girl who's in love with her straight best friend. And doesn't know what to do with those feelings. Yep. And is like, her boyfriend's going to be so lucky. I want to be her. Yeah, we all know what that means. Okay, we've all been there. Actually, I've never actually been there, but I'm sure that somebody <laughs> has been. So many people have been. Yeah, the second I listened to that song, was, well, I listened to the Volt tracks first because obviously I think, I, I can't speak for everyone, but most of us, I think, immediately went to those because it's, you know, the new content. And I listened to that song and I was like, oh, she's in love with Emma. That is clear to me. And then, of course, read articles where they're like, this song is clearly about a beautiful friendship. And there's that immediate like gal pal like vibes you know, that mm-hmm. they always, they always give vibes. off. And I was like, yeah, that's what this is. A beautiful friendship and not her 100% in love with Emma and wishing that she was the person she would fall in love with. But OK, all news mm-hmm. media. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the most like. If Taylor didn't realize when she was writing this song that she was in love with Emma, who is supposedly Emma Stone. Yeah. Girl, I have some news. Which who isn't a little bit in love with Emma Stone, to be honest. You know, no, honestly, I would if I was her friend, I would also be in love with her. Yeah. Like it's um, and another another gay song. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> Well, Brad, we're just going to go down. On a scale of 1 to 10, speak now Taylor's version, which songs are the gayest? We're just going to do a quick breakdown. Number one, When Emma Falls in Love. Number two, I Can See You. I'm sorry, but I Can See You is not about a man. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. That is a song about a woman. I just can't even begin. She's like, what if we didn't tell anybody? What if it was a secret? What if nobody had to know? Like, yep. Okay. It's like that song where she's like, I, I don't want to be your best friend. Like, It's like, you don't say that mm-hmm. in a straight way. You know what I mean? Like, there's an, And no. what straight hetero couple does that conversation come up? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It does not. But those are the two gayest songs, yep. I think, in my opinion. Um, I would agree. I think those probably are the two gayest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give those ones as being the gayest for sure. And then every other, I mean, Electric Touch is amazing. I think my favorite is I Can See You. I think that is my favorite. And did you watch I can see you. the video? Of course I watched the video. Like, obviously I watched the video. I need to watch it like four more times. It was, oh, it's so good. I was just, I love this stage of Taylor's career where she's mm-hmm. just like, you know what I mean? Like, she's, like, having fun with it, and we're, like, bearing the hatchet with certain things. I mean, obviously, her and Taylor Lautner, like, never had beef, but still, like, I love seeing, you know, like, all the callbacks, obviously, just in the casting with having um, 
Joy King, and I can't think of the other lady's name, and I'm really sorry about that right now. Presley Cash, I want to say. That sounds right to me. Um, obviously, they were both in the Mean Music video, and then having them come back was so great. And then obviously, like, Taylor Lautner's kind of been in the news recently for saying some things about, like, I'm not worried about Speak Now because he knows that his song's pretty nice. And then just, like, ha- like I love the tongue-in-cheek, like, casting. I love – yeah, like I love where she's at right now. Like her and Joe Jonas have buried the hatchet. Her and Taylor Lawn are obviously tight. Um, I think Jake Gyllenhaal and John Mayer are probably never going to be the case, and that's probably for the best. <laughs> that's for the best. But yeah, it's I just I love it. I loved we're like ninety nine point nine percent certain that nineteen eighty nine is going to be next, and that will become my whole personality. So everyone mm-hmm. be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of prepared but am i really prepared oh my god 1989 taylor's version i don't think you understand don't think i don't think you understand like i'm so i will be so hyped for that oops and i just turned on haunted um yeah i'm here for it i'm so happy to have this out and and yeah just you know i'm gonna have to go through and and decide which ones i think i mean i think i'm with you i think when emma falls in love is for sure the gayest yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and my what was it what we were talking about the other day i can't remember but it was one of the many songs that are theorized to be about carly Kloss. and i was like i don't care if carly Kloss and taylor swift looked me directly in the eye and told me that's not what this is about I, no there was no denying in my <laughs> in my heart and my mind and my body that that song is about their relationship and i was like i don't care what any of them say like i don't care mm-hmm. and my glance like no exactly that's 100 percent. i think was that maybe when we were in the cookout never any cookout drive through line it may have been i'm not sure but i was like you can't you can't tell me the song isn't about carly claus you just can't yeah and now i know yeah maybe there's something going on with emma stone i don't know i don't know you're not going to tell me otherwise that's all i'm going to say yeah and then I, I do, did I have something else to say? Mm, I was screaming Dear John in my car yesterday, screaming it. Oh, innocent. The line, you're 32 and still growing up now, it hits different hits in the different. year 2023. It 100% hits different. Yeah. Ooh, does that does that line hit different now? <laughs> it really does. I was like, wow, ouch. This is painful. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that, I feel, I, I never thought I'd relate to that lyric, and yet here I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here I am. Yeah, long live, I already, so, I'm senior of high school, I basically told everyone that they needed to put 15 on, like, this graduation video thing, the Bob. And then I was in college. Yes, I was in college when Speak Now originally came out. And I remember Long Live coming on. And I just remember like bawling my eyes out because it was just like thinking about all these like, you know, like certain friends that I was still friends with, certain friends I had kind of lost touch with a little bit and just like thinking of it. And it's just so tied to me now to that like the loneliness you feel kind of your first couple years of college when you're like finding your footing and finding your new group of people and whatever, but also like the really, you know, bond, like important bonds that you have with the friends that you do remain in touch with. And it's just always been such a beautiful song. I loved on the reputation tour when she did the combination of that with new year's day. Cause that's another song that just like, Oh, I'm always puts me right in my feels. So Happy to see the apparently long live is now being added to the heirs for set list. We love that. Love but that. also just like this album coming out at the end of this week with long live coming on when I met like my childhood hero and I just oh, listened yeah. to it the other day and was, whoo, was in my feels. Sobbing. Yes. I've been <laughs> <It was> sobbing. <laughs> I'm just, it's been, 
It has been quite an emotional roller coaster these past few weeks. I tell you. Sure. And then before you know it, the Barbie movie is going to be out. And then that's going to be a whole other thing. Y'all. A whole other thing. My body is ready. I get to see that weekend is going to be so epic. I get to see Barbie on Thursday night. And then Friday, I head to Nashville to see my Ginger King, Ed Sheeran. And I could not be more excited. Oh my God. Could that sounds so excited. awesome. It's going to be such a good weekend. I texted my mom the other day because Mike and I were like, oh, Barbie comes out the weekend. We're going to Nashville. We can go see it Thursday night. And I was like, wait a minute. I think my mom will probably be headed into Savannah on Thursday night so that way Friday morning we can wake up, head into Nashville. So I was like, let me ask her if she wants to go because, of course, she wouldn't say no to the Barbie movie. And I was like, 715 Barbie? You game? And she was like, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, me, my that. husband, and my mom, we're all going to go see Barbie at 715. <laughs> Uh, welcome back, everyone, to where we go on random tangents and curse. I was just telling Michael Ann before. I was like, I love how last week is the first episode ever where neither of us said a curse word. <laughs> we were in Faradess's presence, and we're like, we cannot. No, we like, we have to be good girls. We're gonna be on our best behavior, and we did not say a single swear word. So we back, baby. We're, we're back, baby. We're back on our regularly scheduled programming. So bow, 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 bow. here we go. Any other wrap up thoughts on the most like amazing two weeks that have transpired before we time travel to 2008 um no oh I also okay I kind of want to tell everyone this funny because I thought it was very funny I'm probably not that funny but anywho so one of the other guests that Sarah gave us again the fact there was multiple guests I can't she's too much she's the sweetest were these bracelets these are tie bracelets posted them on instagram so you probably most of you have seen them but they she had them to the cast and crew of along for the ride and then she gave them to us so we feel like we are the coolest people ever so we both immediately put it on and we're like well we're never taking this off so we got home that day you know from the interview and i told michael and i was like it's really cute that my husband thought that my like you know engagement ring and my wedding ring would be the most important jewelry i'd ever received it's really cute of him that he thought <laughs> like no actually it's this bracelet that says ride or die yeah. from sarah dessen thank from sarah you dessen. so it's much now she's become the most important piece of jewelry i own um just kidding mike i love you and obviously my wedding band is the most important piece of jewelry i have but very close second it's very this. close second <laughs> my wedding my wedding band is a very close second to the Dwight rider bag race. <laughs> yes oh my god that's perfect yeah just so we're all clear on where our husbands yes. stand in our lives <laughs> they know they're well aware they're yeah they're they already know they already know oh yes also mike yesterday did say to me he's like are you okay you like Seems sort of off. And I was like, it's just Taylor's version of Speak Now. I'm just it's, having a lot of feelings. But like, literally, just, I say, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I just like, stopped I'm listening to Long Live, but I'm fine. <laughs> I was a freshman in college in my first semester when the CD, when Speak Now came out the first time. And me and my friends at the time, like, all got the cd and we all had the little cd pamphlet and we were like decoding all the messages and like oh my gosh it was so fun um shout out to the only semester of college i enjoyed (laughs) (laughs) and it was all downhill from there but the disney college program was pretty epic so that's just what i think about when i think yeah college experience you got you got some goods you got some good memories i do i do (laughs) 
Okay, yeah, should we jump let's in our time machine? In, everyone. Okay, here we go. <gasps> We're here. It's 2008. The fashion is still not great. <laughs> not great. I'm a junior in high school slash sophomore in high school, right? Yeah, I'm a yep. junior, so I think you're a sophomore. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yeah, spring, spring of 08, sophomore, fall of 08, junior. That was a big year for me. That was the year that I went from a little weirdo to someone who was trying to conform to society. Welcome to my drinking problem. It has entered the chat. Here we go. We're at party <laughs> Michael Ann phase. Let's go. She's at high school parties. She's drinking too much. She's making some regrettable choices. No memories, though. Absolutely none. So <laughs> didn't make any memories. <laughs> On the other hand, I'm still being a little weirdo. <laughs> I am not I I going to high school parties. I did do probably one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life in 2008, though, where I did go to Europe for six weeks. So that was cool. Ten out of ten would recommend weeks. that. Yeah, that's what you could do when you were in high school and you had a summer break because you could just go spend your entire summer in Europe because you were able to do things like take that amount of time off. <laughs> and now that that's we work, that would be very impossible but back then there I was 17 thought I was too big for my britches when like you know obviously my parents had my parents allowed me to go because I was going with uh, a friend and her family and they trusted her parents a lot and they knew that they would like you know keep me safe and whatever and so then, of course, like, you know, my parents were, like, telling me things before I went, like, you know, don't do this and, you know, check in with us and da, da, da. And I was like, yeah, no, I will. And then just, like, I remember thinking, like, on the tram ride at the Tampa International Airport, I was like, um, you know, obviously, I very much did miss my family because six weeks is a long – like, that was my first, yeah. like, big time away from them. Um, and so I remember thinking, like, oh, I'm really going to miss everyone. But also I was like, I mean, like, I don't know what the big deal is, though. I don't know why they keep being like, oh, don't do this and don't do that. Like, we are so obviously, like, big and adult-like. And I was like, I was a 17 little weirdo. Like, I – like, thinking about, like, again, it's not going to anything bad. But thinking about at the time, like, didn't think it was a crazy thing. But we took the train from Vienna to – which is in Austria – to Freiburg, which is in Germany. It was a 10-hour train ride. And it was two – little girls to like 17 year old minors who did that without any like adult supervision and at the time I thought like yeah obviously we can do this you know in a foreign country just like go take a train by ourselves but now I'm like holy shit I just like as a 17 year old hopped on a train and like wasn't concerned about my safety wow (laughs) obviously I'm alive to tell the tale so (laughs) when you said six weeks I was like oh she must have done a program with her school but no you just straight up with one with one of your friends yep Mm mm-hmm that's pretty cool. I went on a week-long trip to France in 09 with mm-hmm. my high school. I think I've talked about this on the pod because of the the volcano church that we walked to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, that is very cool, though. All right. What is happening in 08 besides me being on a train by myself as a 17-year-old in a foreign country? <laughs> That's very European of you. Yeah, I feel like cool. European kids have a lot more... Um, Oh, yeah. Freedom. I mean, they can all drink. Exactly. So in 2008, I'm not going to lie to you, not a lot was going on. I was very surprised by the lack of pop culture. Um, First of all, The Dark Knight came out, which was a huge movie. But on the flip side of that, we lost 
beautiful Heath Ledger. Oh, I'm still sad about that one. That's crazy that that's that long ago now. <laughs> I know. And I remember where I was when I found out Heath Ledger was dead. Yes. I saw it on PerezHilton.com on my family computer. What a great final performance, but I really just wish that we had you around still, personally. Yeah, I wish we had you around. I wish your daughter had you around. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, uh, carry Narcan with you when you were out in the world because you never know if you might come across somebody experiencing overdose and you could yep. save their life. Exactly. And you can get Narcan for free and you should check out endoverdose.net. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> um <laughs> Now that we've so, all brought the mood down, I talk about Heath Ledger's <laughs> untimely death and how yes. so many other people, unfortunately, meet an untimely death because of overdose. We're going to bring it right back mm-hmm. up. <laughs> right back up. And this was a great year because, well, not for me, but for a lot of people, because this is when the Twilight movies came out. <gasps> That's true. Yeah. Fall mm-hmm. of 08 would have been the first Twilight movie, correct? Oh, man. What a time. Yeah. What a time. It was. Definitely a major cultural moment for sure. I remember it was actually in the France trip I was just talking about that uh, my friends bullied me enough into (laughs) reading Twilight. And um, you know what? I wish I could get those those moments of my life back. But um, (laughs) I (laughs) did my best. But more Um, importantly, were you Team Edward or Team Jacob? fucking neither i was not i was team burn this book in the garbage um sorry to all you twilight people out there it was just not for me once once he imprint it's it's weird the fourth i mean really all of it is weird but the fourth book is very weird i made it to the last book i made it halfway through the last book and then this motherfucker imprints on a baby i was like nope i can't this is the end i never finished it I closed the book and I said, goodbye. You can go to Goodwill now. (laughs) (laughs) But I did my best. (laughs) She gave it a fair shake, everyone, okay? I really did. I really Uh... did. Okay, you can't say I didn't try. Now, I have never seen the movies. Wow. I have seen, like, clips of them, obviously, because... It's hard, yeah. Just in the world we live in, it's hard to completely... It was such a pop culture juggernaut. Yeah. But I don't think I ever sat down and actually watched them. And if I did and there's someone I grew up with and who's like, we watched those movies together. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe we did. <laughs> you're like, you're probably right. We probably did watch them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have watched all of them probably too many times to count. So is it my proudest moment? No. No, it's not. But, you know, <laughs> we all have. We, we all have all, our things. We all have our things. We all have. We all have our things. We all have our things. And you know, here's the problem with Twilight. And I mean this genuinely as someone who actually used to really love them and has now obviously kind of grown out of that phase and, and realized the many problematic elements in it. Do I still kind of have a soft spot for them though? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that's fine, you know, as long as you understand yeah, that yeah, this yeah. thing is problem. And again, I'm not like it's, I'm giving it any money currently, you know, but genuinely 
even when I was a fan of it, and especially now, I wish that these books would have been written about any of the side characters. Like, the side characters are so much more interesting, like, like to me, than Bella is, to be perfectly honest. Bella is not interesting. All, like, like Edward's entire family, like, Alice and Rosalie and, like, all of them, Esme, Carl, like, all of them are so much more interesting. And, like, all of their backstories, which I think is why I'm, like, such a sucker for Eclipse, because you get to hear so much about their backstories, um, is way more interesting. Write a book about that there, Stephanie Meyer, yeah. and not boring Bella. No offense, Bella. I'm whatever. But, you know. <laughs> but all the other but characters also- are more interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... I'm not going to get it. Mm, we're going to move on. <laughs> Innocent touched on Twilight. Yes, it existed in yes. 2008. Next. <laughs> yes. Um, another great movie that came out, High School Musical 3, the final High School oh, Musical movie High School with Musical the original senior cast. Year. Hell's to the yeah. Good stuff. My niece actually just graduated high school a couple months, uh, last month. And the night before her graduation, um, I was in town and her and her friends all went and watched that movie together. That is and so, I thought that was well, that's so excellent. cute. Yes. I love that. So yeah. Cute. It came out in my senior year. And so it was very like, so I'm glad that there are seniors out there still enjoying it and, and it's giving them the feels. That's excellent. I know. I thought that was so cute. Toy Story 4 came out. Wait, 3, I think. Toy Story 3 came out my senior year, and I remember me and my friends sobbing hysterically in the yeah. uh, movie theater. Yeah, I was um, a freshman in college when that came out, and whew, that one hit. <laughs> that one hit. <laughs> that one hit. That one hit. Um, and so did Toy Story 4 that came out very recently. Yeah. I was also sobbing through that movie, yeah. and I think that's where we should probably end it, but I think they're making another one, so. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Capitalism, baby. Capitalism, baby. So let's see what other movies were. Um, so Mamma Mia, I felt like I had to mention that oh, one because yes. it's like iconic. That is iconic. Another iconic movie that I'm obsessed with, even though it's probably problematic. And if I watched it now, I'd be like, hmm. uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah. 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 Back when Russell Brand wasn't um, some crazy <laughs> psychopath. Um, and he was yeah, just I don't remember weird. when Russell Brand was having a moment. <laughs> now he's like the British <laughs> Joe Rogan. Yes. It's so weird. Yeah. So forgetting Sarah Marshall. And then the house bunny, which was iconic as well. Oh, yes. I love the house bunny. Mm-hmm. I love Anna Ferris. Yeah, she's I think she won by not being married to Chris Pratt anymore. Chris, yes. So Congratulations, like. girl. You dodged a bullet. Um. <laughs> Although on her podcast, she used to always call him my sweet husband. And I remember being like, oh my God, they're so cute. And now I'm like, fuck that guy. Um, yeah. 27 Dresses also came out, which is another iconic one. Yes. I love 27 Dresses. So I good. I had to mention Benjamin Button because I feel like that was also a huge cultural moment for all of us. Benjamin Button. Like the yeah. jokes yeah. that came from that movie were... So many... Such a long movie. Jesus oh Christ. God. I went and saw that on Christmas and I don't know why. <laughs> it was really so long. boring, honestly, but it was like yes. such a crazy concept. Yeah. Every award show you watched that year, they like had to make a Benjamin Button joke. The but- Benjamin Button jokes lasted for like two years, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They la- they outlasted the fame of the movie, I think. To be honest. Yeah. And it's then crazy. did you ever read 
Agnes thongs and full frontal snogging? No, I'm aware of it, but I don't think I ever actually watched it. So it was a book. Or not watch it, read it. I don't know. I just said watch it. They did turn it into a movie, though, right? Yes, it came out in 2008. They changed the name to Angus Thongs in Perfect Snogging, which does not roll off the tongue as well as no. full frontal. But yeah, whatever. Um, I don't think I. Not remotely. I might have seen the movie, but I remember reading the book and being like, this book is amazing. Yeah, I feel like that was something everyone always had really good things to say about. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to read that. And then did I? No. Did I read all four Twilights? So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> look at your life. Look at your choices, Bethany. It's fine. It's fine. We were, we were all dumb and young ones. <laughs> look at your life. Look at your choices. <laughs> so, also, speaking of Russell Brand, Katy Perry became famous in the year 2008, basically. Um, that's mm-hmm. when I Kissed a Girl and I liked it. Liked it really took off. Her fame started growing. Um, she performed at my grad night. Fun fact for everyone. That is so yeah. cool. I saw her at Warp Tour before she was famous, and there was only like 20 of us in the audience. That's crazy. And I sold you were, you were like a You can be like a hipster Katy Perry fan and be like, I was there before anyone. Yeah. <laughs> for anyone else. Let's see. What else? Oh, in 2008, we got Barack Obama as our president. Congrats. Woo woo. Go America. Congrats. For like a second, and then we found a way to screw things up again. But Ethically, like for a minute, we were happy. We were there for a minute. Some TV, but this is where it gets really weak. So TV, new TV shows that were notable, in my opinion, were breaking. Ooh, Dr. Pepper time. <laughs> I texted him and I was like, I need a Dr. Pepper, please. <laughs> um. So new TV that came out, Breaking Bad, iconic, and Mad Men, also iconic. The costume. I've still never watched Mad Men. I have tried, and I just cannot get into it for some reason. It should be like the perfect show for me, and yet I just can't get into it for some reason. I can understand. It takes some time, maybe for like, because it's a very slow, like, paced show. I really, really like it. It gets really stinking good. Um, and then a popular TV show at the time was the new 90210 spinoff, um, oh, which I was, yeah. I lived for that show. I lived and breathed that show. That show was amazing. Matt Lanter is in that and I love him because he is Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars. Um, but it's very funny to me because I first knew him from that show. So when I first started watching Clone Wars, I was like the 90210 guy. It's like, <laughs> but now I like associate him with Anakin. The Ted from Schitt's Creek is also one of the 90210 guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, and a girl from Degrassi was the star. Yes. Oh, I was waiting for you to bring up the Degrassi <laughs> connection. <laughs> yes, she was. That's like why I initially started watching it too. Cause I was like, oh my God. Well, first and foremost, my brothers and sisters, well, I don't know about my brothers, but my sisters were like huge fans of the original 90210. So when the new one came out, I was like, to watch this and then i found out that darcy was the star and i was like yep. okay we're here for this her little mole underneath her eyebrow i see you yeah so <laughs> just very good eyebrows and then yeah just very like perfect little mole right under it yes. love it we love it it's like you've been blessed it's not even fair how good her eyebrows are truly the sea 
the CW, I got it. Was, yeah, it was officially CW at that point. The mm-hmm. CW was really into taking those Degrassi stars and like, because I mean, not that much longer, Vampire Diaries will come out. And Nina Dobrev, who was on Degrassi, obviously, um, is on that. So, yeah, for a hot minute there, all the, like the CW's leading ladies were former Degrassi alum. And we love that. <laughs> we do love that. So, for music, we do have three very iconic albums, but that's it. <laughs> And then other than that, disappointment. That, that yes. sounds like 2008, yeah. So first and foremost, I Am Sasha Fierce, Beyonce's yes. album came out. Yep. We got the iconic single ladies from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievable. Need we say more? Seriously. Like, honestly, very, very iconic. That was another thing, much like Benjamin Button, that was very, like, heavily parodied. Like, everyone had a single ladies parody there everyone. for a good year. It was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. All the single ladies, all the single ladies. Oh, classic, iconic, just everything. Iconic. Everything. Iconic. Then we have The Fame by Lady Gaga. Oh, yes. This was the mm-hmm. summer of Gaga. Yes. Gaga was hitting it big. Yes. Also iconic. As she should. As she should. Gosh, what a, yeah. what a, t- I, this is where I have to admit. So, I first heard a couple of Lady Gaga songs on the radio, as one does. And I was like, oh, these are like good, catchy pop songs. And then kind of learned about her whole shtick. And I was like, I don't get it. I was very like much just like she's like very theatrical for, you know, she just like seemed like very like attention grabbing to me. And I wasn't a big fan. And then I kind of like learned that she like had come from theater and like, you know, this was a performance and this and the other thing. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. And then I came around. But I am ashamed to admit it did take me a while to fully grasp the concept of Lady Gaga. Um, And I would just like to formally apologize right now for that. (laughs) I did. I loved her like pretty much from Jump. But I did have a moment there where she like birthed herself from an egg at an award show that that I was like, "Mm, what's this? I feel like for a while (laughs) there was just like she had to keep topping herself because like she came out, she was theatrical or whatever and then it just like turned into like a spectacle for a minute and it's like okay, this is a step too far. You know, meet dresses and all that jazz. Obviously we're not there yet in 2008 but we'll get there in a couple of years and I was just like I I don't, I'm not sure if I understand this. Uh, But then yeah, I mean obviously her voice is just like amazing and yeah, it's, it's just like pure perfect that that first album is if you were like looking at the definition of perfect pop that is that it's that album like it's just yeah. pure perfect pop music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then i would be remiss not to bring up fearless by taylor swift it was released in 2008 yes! this is officially the year i became a swifty i was sort of aware of her debut self-titled album but I knew a few songs but it was when Fearless came out that I became an absolute like massive fan that was the first concert I saw her on was Fearless Tour which will be coming up the like following year but yeah I oh my god it was it it was everything like we just were obsessed I mean I still am obsessed obviously but yeah like oh man that yeah my like senior year of high school we like we would just and it was funny that summer which obviously I was in Europe for most of it but I did work a little bit like right before I left and then right when I came back there's still a little bit of summer before 
um the fall started and luna's trying to scratch get out the door so i'll have to let her out in a second but uh anywho there was this guy i used to work with his name was dean i loved him he was so great he was the funniest and he worked like i worked at a grocery store and so he works at the customer service desk and they would like call you to let you know like it was your turn to go on break because they kind of like were the shift lead of the day you know so he used to call me and like mime things to me we had this running gag for the longest time and this is not from fearless but obviously taylor like blew up because of fearless we had this running gag about um i was the reason for the teardrops on his guitar so he would like call me on the thing and he would like mime to me like crying and playing a guitar (laughs) like i will always think when i think of like old school taylor stuff i will always think of dean who i worked with at good old sweet bay supermarket because we used to just be really funny about it so yeah that's those the memories that pop in my head (laughs) That's cute. I love that. And I'm not going to lie, y'all. That's it. That's all I got for the year 2008. You know, it was slim pickings, but like who would want to compete with such iconic albums? Like, honestly, you know, like those are so good. And then when we get into 2009, we'll talk about what happened at the MT Music Awards because of two of the albums we just discussed. But we're not there yet, folks. We are not there yet. We are not there yet. We are still in 2008 where life is good and, you know, there's something about the way the street looks when it's just rained. Okay. I'm pretty proud of us because it only took us an hour to get through recapping two weeks and I know time traveling. So we are now back in 2023. Um, now that we have the mindset of what was hip, what was happening, what we were – what Taylor Swift songs I had to work with to compare to things that were happening in Lock and Key. And we are now ready to dive into the first two chapters. First and foremost, we can see our um, dedication is to Leah Feldman for seeing me through this time every time. And I think she talked about Leah Feldman in our interview. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I believe she did. I believe she did. Um, And then and to Jay, always waiting on the other side. So cute. We love you. Did you guys know her and Jay were high school sweethearts? Like, stop. How adorable. How freaking cute. How adorable. Like, I've been married for 23 years now. Oh, my God. Go them. I'm so proud of them. So cute. I can't even take it. Um... So chapter one, the first sentence. And finally, Jamie said, as you push the door open, we come to the main event, your room. So we get kind of like an understanding here. She's moving in with her sister who she doesn't really know. Yeah. She says, with total strangers, it had always been my policy to expect the worst. Usually they and those that you knew best for that matter did not disappoint. So we have kind of another angsty main character here with ruby yes i'm I'm so sorry if you guys can hear my dog um chasing his tail in the background (laughs) the life i live i am very happy though to finally have a redhead that's nice because yes redheads are not the nicest and and sarah decently yes we have a nice redhead now we have a nice redhead i mean i guess i don't know uh do we even know ruby well enough to she's our main character she's nice enough but <laughs> i mean she's a nice by default just by being main character but you know what i mean she does seem nice what? she just has a she has a bit of a chip on her shoulder to say the least oh my god we also have another really cute dog in this book which i'm very excited to discuss i am with. very excited so 
Yeah. He's basically this man, Jamie, is showing Ruby her new room. It's very neat and put together and large, sunshine filled. Yes. She's feeling extremely uncomfortable. Um, Jamie is is very nice, very welcoming, um, but she feels like hesitant around him. And Cora is not very welcoming. She's just kind of sick. Cora and her sister. She's just standing there with like her arms crossed. She won't get too close. And it's kind of tense, to say the least. Yes. So she's moving in, it appears, to her sister and brother-in-law's house. Yeah, that would be her relationship to him. And we're about to find out why. Yes. So she hasn't seen Cora in 10 years or talked to her. So it's been 10 years since since uh, her and Cora. And then we kind of get her a little bit of the backstory. Um, her mom and her have been, her mom and Ruby, Ruby and her mom, have been living on their own. Um, her mom clearly has a problem with alcohol. If not, if clearly has a problem with alcohol and may also have a problem with drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, she like cannot really keep jobs. She doesn't have any money. They've been moving from shitty apartment to shitty apartment. And then one day her mom left. Yep. It's so interesting. I have a couple things highlighted actually on page six when we're talking about her mom. She's describing the kind of person her mom is. She says here, and if you put her within 500 feet of a man who would treat her like shit, she'd find him and be making nice before you could stop her. And I knew because I had tried. So we have a mother with unhealthy relationships with men. Yep. And the parentification of her daughter, she says here, which is why it was lucky she had me. For as long as I could remember, I'd been the buffer system, the go-between, my mother's ambassador to the world. Whenever we pulled up at the store and she needed a Diet Coke but was too hungover to go in herself, or she spied a neighbor coming who wanted to complain about her late night banging around again, or the Jehovah's Witnesses came to the door, it was always the same. Ruby, she'd say in her tired voice, pressing either her glass or her hand to her forehead. Talk talk to the people, would you? And she would. She basically... They basically took care of her mom. Then they moved into this little yellow house, and that was the last place they lived together. Yeah, it's uh, it's so interesting. Ruby and her mother's relationship kind of reminds me of certain relationships we have seen in the past. A little, mm-hmm. you know, Remy and Babs, a little Scarlet and her mom, but like times 10 which is not to say that obviously what those other people went through and having to kind of be the parent and the parent you know parent sibling relationship jesus parent daughter (laughs) relationship but her mom really takes the cake the fact that she you know as we are kind of learning here straight up just left her (laughs) you're like wow she's a real winner (laughs) yeah so yeah so it's just it's very interesting to kind of see and the other thing which I'm like skipping ahead a little bit here. Sorry, but just like while we're talking about her mother being kind of a terrible person. The other thing I find interesting is she kind of talks about her mom and like her, she obviously doesn't like talking to people as she's kind of talking about here. And she also really doesn't like working evidently. And it sounds like when she gets this one job, which we'll get into a little bit, uh, I believe in chapter two is when this comes up, that she kind of makes Ruby do a lot of her job for her. And I was like, oh my God, like how 
is Ruby supposed to like function as a person? Like she's going to school all day. Then it sounds like all night she's working her mother's job for her essentially. And I'm like, when does she sleep? When does she study? When does she get to be a normal teenager? So it's interesting to kind of see some of that, you know, some of the things we've seen before. But yeah, it's kind of like amplified this time because clearly yeah. this mom is really not good at being a mom. Yeah. I think this is the first Dustin mom that's had an addiction problem. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is it has to be the first. Another interesting thing to note is I think besides someone like you, this is the first book that takes place like during the school year. Like a lot of times yeah. from what we've read so far, it's been the summer. So the fact that we start this novel off in October, I was like, oh, <laughs> and they're all like talking about registering her for school and stuff. I was like, oh, so, so interesting. I like forgot that this took place during the school year. And that's something that we haven't seen in a while in a, in a Dustin novel. I think at least not in, I don't know, three books then- at least. Didn't Jess listen take place during the school year? Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the last book we read, everyone, took place during the school year. Please forget everything I just said. I'm very tired this week. You thought we finally would be on top of our game because we got past the wedding. You thought wrong. <laughs> you thought wrong. Um, You were totally right. Just listen to take place during the school year. I don't know how I could have forgotten that. It's a main it's a main component of the novel. <laughs> yes. But yeah, something that is not it's like kind of I guess 50-50 at this point. Yeah. Also to backtrack for a brief minute. <laughs> this whole part where she's kind of like, you know, Jamie Jamie seems great. I really love Jamie so far. But he's like going over, you know, oh, this is, you know, your bathroom's connected and she realized she has like a little balcony and he's like showing her the pond and whatever. And, you know, he's like being very nice and welcoming. And like you said, Cora is kind of being standoffish. But I love I love that. Also, this might be the first person in a minute that hasn't been like super well to do. Like I know like obviously Coley wasn't super well to do, but I feel like our last two protagonists have lived in some nice houses and have been pretty well off. And obviously it seems like her sister and brother-in-law are pretty well off, but it sounds like Ruby has not, you know, had the nicest places to live in recently. Anywho, I love this like slight shade at rich people here because she was like, um, "What was it with these rich people? A druid fixation?" Like, I, just <laughs> I saw. Very confused by by his. I guess technically the rocks were his pond, but yeah, oh, rich people. Rich people, they do some weird shit. They really do. So then she's talking about how when they moved into the yellow house, their landlords came to visit. And it's like this older couple who's like, honestly, if they were my landlords, I'd be like, guys, can you relax? But anyway, they come to say hello. But she doesn't know who they are. So they, they, she walks up to them and they're like, hello there. And she says, I nodded. My standard response to all door knockers, unnecessary verbals only encourage them. Or so I'd learned. And that is how I live my life. Unnecessary <laughs> verbals only encourages people. Facts. Straight up facts. Can confirm. <laughs> Can confirm. Um, yeah. So their landlords are around uh, all the time. Yeah. Ronnie Honeycutch. Ronnie and Alice. I love their names. Ten out of ten on the names. Yes, of course. We have other iconic names. Also, Ruby's mom, a little bit of a Lorelai Gilmore and the fact that she named her daughter after herself. Yes. This is like, 
this is like Lorelai Gilmore's shadow self. Yes, I I agree with that. It's so sad when they're talking to the landlord for the first time. Her mom like puts her arm around her. And she says, I knew that my mother's sudden reaching out for me was just an act making nice for the landlords in order to buy some bargaining time or leverage later. Still, though, I noticed how easy it was for me to fold into her hip, resting my head against her. Like some part of me I couldn't even control had been waiting for this chance all along and hadn't even known it. (laughs) So sad. So sad. I just feel for Ruby a lot. Like just very early on, I feel like it's set up just how kind of crappy her life has been these last few years. And... Yeah, I'm just sad. And I want her to to thrive in her new environment. Yeah, she's getting, you know, like, this isn't great. Basically, what happens is her mom, like, abandons her. She tries to live on her own, but the power gets shut off. The water gets shut off. There's bugs everywhere. Her dryer dies. And then it's when her dryer dies that the landlords realize that she's there alone. And they call child services. And this is when... Uh, Jamie and Cora kind of like claim her and say like we'll take her I love how much she undersells her situation too like she doesn't think it's that bad and she's kind of thinking to herself like you know I just have to make it through the year like she's 17 so in the eyes of the law is still a minor of course you turn 18 you suddenly are like out of the system so she's you know in the fall of what I presume is her senior year here Oh, I was saying that I the way she downplays her situation, which is just like such a common thing when someone is struggling. And she kind of says um, a little bit later here in this chapter about how like there are certain things in her life that she just thought were normal until she kind of started realizing that other people in her school, like that's not normal for them. But here when she's talking about the report and she was saying like, you know, it's not true because it says like minor child is apparently living without running water, heat and rental home abandoned by parent. Kitchen area was found to be filthy and overrun with vermin. Heat is non-functioning. Evidence of drug and alcohol use was discovered. Minor child appears to have been living alone for some time. And, you know, again, she was just kind of like, well, like I just have to, to, you know, I'm just going to keep up living in this house. I'm going to try to make it through. I'm going to try to pay as many bills as I can. And then I'll be 18 and this won't be an issue. And of course, because the dryer dies, she gets caught. But like all of the things that are in the report are pretty accurate. But of course, she like doesn't see it that way. And yeah, it just like makes me really sad. Like how much she's downplaying like the really shitty situation that her mother left her in. Yeah, that was... That was really sad. And it's like she's going to school with her clothes that are like still damp from the night before. And it's devastating, really. She's like in denial about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now she's with Jamie and Cora. She obviously, like you said, Child Protective Services gets called. She gets picked up. Um, and assigned, you know, a, a, a person is assigned to her case. And in a sense, she's, you know, one of the quote unquote lucky ones because she does have family that is willing to take her in. If not, she just would have ended up, you know, in the foster care system. So Jamie and Cora take her on the grand tour of the house. And then it's, you know, basically they're like, all right, we're going to make some dinner. And Ruby already has it in her mind that she's not staying here. She just needs to wait until they, you know, she's like, I'm going to go down. I'm going to have dinner. 
And then I just have to start counting down the time. The second they fall asleep, I'm going to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. And she also basically thinks that, like, maybe they'd care for a couple of days and then they wouldn't. Because, again, she's kind of keeps stressing the fact that, like, her and Cora haven't really talked in 10 years. So she's pretty certain that her sister is just, like, doing this out of pity because she feels bad for her and she feels like, you know, she needs to step up. But she's like, oh, if I left, like, I'm certain she wouldn't, like, chase after me. So that's where she's kind of where her head is at here in the beginning of this novel. Her self-worth is very low at this point. Yes, that is, to put it mildly, yes. Um, So then she starts thinking about the yellow house and how it's just empty there with all her stuff in it because the caseworker grabbed some stuff but it was like clothes that don't fit her and nothing that she actually wanted and so she's talking about how the house is just dark and quiet and she's thinking about it and she says sitting there in this strange place it was like I could feel the house pulling me back to it a visceral tug on my heart the same way that in the early days of the fall I'd hoped it would do to my mom, but she hadn't come back either. And now if she did, I wouldn't be there. So she's still kind of holding on to this delusion that her mom is like going to come back. Yeah. Like, you know, and is like, she's like, I need to be there. So my mom comes back, I'm there. And it's like, "Mm." no, 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 sweetie. No, she's not. She's not coming back. She's not coming back, my love. So then it's dinner time. Yes. And this is where we get to meet our new little furry friend. <laughs> our new friend who we love. So she steps in a puddle in the house. And she immediately is thinking it's her fault for some reason, right. even though it's... Absolutely not. And that's so random. She's immediately like, oh my God, this is my fault. So she's like, I'm sorry. And then Cora comes around. And then Jamie's like, oh my God, clean it up. Hurry up. And then Cora comes around and she's like, are you kidding me? This is Pete. It's Pete. And this is when we find out they have a dog. Yeah. He's so cute. He apparently has a little um, bit of a bathroom issue, a little bit of a bladder issue. Yeah. <laughs> but we love yeah. him. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. She so when she doesn't know that they have a dog, um, there she's like, "It's Pete," and he's like, "Cord." She's like, "It's Pete again." <laughs> Isn't this why we put that dog to put in that dog door? And Ruby's like, "Dog." I thought, although I was, I suppose this was a relief considering I'd been worried I was about to find out something really disturbing about my brother-in-law. <laughs> I love that part. No, she's like, she has not seen a dog. She doesn't know a dog lives here. And Cora's pissed that there's pee on the floor again. So she's probably like, the frig? What is up with this dude? <laughs> yeah, she's like, what? But thankfully, hey, it's daddy. just little Roscoe who just has some bladder issues. But he's cute and we love him. And it seems like Jamie is definitely more of a fan of the dog than Cora is. I think Cora is annoyed that this dog keeps peeing in her house. And Jamie's like, he's, a, he's an old dog. It's hard to teach him new tricks, you know, learning the dog door and all of that. So, yeah, Jamie just seems really sweet. And I like him. I like him, too. Yeah, it says that Roscoe's snoring. It sounded like his nasal passages were exploding. 
So I, it sounds like this is like some sort of French bulldog, which yeah. I believe that's what Sarah yes. has. At least Sarah yes, has that is correct. So I think Roscoe might be a little, a little inspired by her little babies. Yes, so cute. And so then this is when she finds out that she will no longer be going to her public school, Jackson, but will instead be going to Perkins Day, which we have heard of. We know about those Perkins Day people, okay? Yeah, I'm with her on not being thrilled about it. Yeah, we know what goes on at Perkins Day, okay? And we're not impressed. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any of it, and neither is Ruby. But Jamie went there, so he's like, I love Perkins Day, blah, blah, blah. And she's just kind of describing how it's like an elite private school and um, Jackson is like an overcrowded public school that's underfunded and the classes are huge and, uh, you know, the kind of sounds like- life that most of us experienced. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So she's pretty upset about this. She's like not into it, but they're just kind of like tough shit, I guess, um, but in a nice way. Also... Did you, I mean, obviously you went to a Catholic school, so it was smaller, so you probably didn't have, she talks about like most of your classes being in trailers, and I was like, oh my god, yes, I can relate to that. But also we didn't call them trailers, we called them like portables. What did you call that, like if you ever had one in any of your schools? Just curious what the term was. We didn't have those in any of my schools that I went to ever in my life. (laughs) None of the public schools. Wow, you elite rich girl. No, I'm just I think it's more so like you're a Perkins Day girl, aren't you? Portables wouldn't have been great in the north. Would have been a true. little. I want, I've never asked Mike if he had any portables. I wonder if this is more of a southeast thing because, like, the weather isn't as so bad. I think it is. Like, obviously, you have more mild weather. I like now. I'm very curious about this. Is this and uh, to the listeners? Can you please tell me if you lived in the northeast or any other region of the country? And for our few out of the U.S. people, do you even know what a portable is? Because <laughs> you probably don't because European schools are probably nice and Canadian schools are nice. And the U.S. needs to put more money into education. Listen, my governor for a good chunk of the time that I was in school was Jeb Bush. OK, mm. so I was screwed both from the state level and the national level because George <laughs> was president and Jeb was my governor. I was I was screwed. Yeah. Just to put it mildly. Yeah. Okay, so she's going to Perkins Day. She's like, that sucks. But they're like, you got to, though, because you are with us now. So she's kind of counting down the minutes until she can, like, make her grand escape. Um, She says, I was beginning to worry that my brother-in-law, the nicest guy in the world and lover of incontinent, incontinent creatures, was also an insomniac. I think it's really funny that she calls him the nicest guy in the world and lover of incontinent creatures, in all caps. Um, But he's staying up way later than she was expecting. And then finally, she's like, okay, he's gone. He went to bed. Perfect. She reaches down, she grabs her bag, and she goes to leave. And then she realizes he's not gone. He just took the dog for a walk at 1.30 in the morning. Yep. So she's like, oh, shit. So she just runs into the backyard to try to escape. She tries to haul herself over a fence, but it obviously does not work because it sounds difficult to do. And the dog catches her, basically. chases her out there. And Jamie's like, what's going on? And so she throws her bag over the fence and she's like, I can do this. I can get away. 
But she doesn't get away because she can't lift herself over the fence. And too tall. It's a too tall fence. On the other side of the fence, there is a boy about her age swimming around in a pool at 1.30 in the morning on a school Which night. also, yes, then bangs. Two things here. I understand that they are rich people, so this is 100% a heated pool. But earlier in this chapter, we were told it's October. It is cold outside. Her sister was annoyed that she stepped outside for a minute and acted like she was going to catch a chill from that. But this guy is out here swimming around. Second thing, it is clearly established that she's going to Perkins Day the next day to go and register for classes, which leads me to believe that it is a school day the next day. And so I'm like, yo, buddy, what are you – again, it's a heated pool, sure. But still, you're going to have to, like, walk around outside, and it's sort of chilly. I mean, probably just do it inside. Not a big deal. But it's cold out. He's swimming. And it's 1.30, and he's swimming. And I'm like, go to, go to bed. Go to bed. It's a school night. Where are your parents? That's what I want to know. Where are your parents? Where are your parents? Well, from what I remember of this novel, they're not good people. So not surprised that he is out swimming at this hour, but still. So yeah, so she's hopping over the fence and she runs into her neighbor, uh, who we learn here is this guy named Nate. And at first she couldn't, she just saw someone like in a pool. And she couldn't really tell much about him. And then as he kind of gets out of the pool, she realizes, like, oh, he's my age and, you know, whatnot. But she gets found out. She gets caught by Jamie, basically. And she freezes and doesn't really know how to respond because, of course, we know she is trying to escape. But she's trying to come up with an excuse that makes it look like she is not trying to hop over the fence and escape and run away. And Nate comes to her rescue. At a boy, Nate, he basically... He says that um, she had just come out, you know, she was trying to sleep and she had come out to ask him to turn down his music. And so he's like, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm going to turn down that music. And Jamie's like, yeah, it's it's late. We've got an early day tomorrow. We, we should be getting in, getting to bed. And it's like, yep, mm-hmm, me too. I should also be doing that. And yeah, we we don't know a lot about you yet so far, buddy. But you seem like a good egg. Way to way to come to Ruby's rescue. And she kind of froze there. Um so she kind of just follows – or, well, sorry, I jumped ahead there. Before she kind of turns around and he asks her because he sees her necklace, which has the key on it, and he's like, what's that for? And he's like, the key, like, what's it to? And she kind of doesn't really give him an answer. She just tells him nothing and then turns around and follows Jamie back into the house and is trying to think about, like, what to do with her bag because she doesn't want to, like, carry it while Jamie's still up and about. So she's like, I'll just hide it by the – what should we call it? The grill. That's what I'm looking for. The grill on the porch. And I'll pick it up, you know, tomorrow. And so she goes upstairs. She goes to bed. And she thinks about, you know, like if she just would have been able to. So, yeah. So she's just like, you know, if, if only the fence would have been a little shorter. If only I, I would have known where the gate was. And she's pretty certain that if it was Cora who would have found her that she would have pointed out, which again just proves that like clearly things are a little frosty between her and her sister. And she says she waits a full hour to slip back downstairs to retrieve her hidden bag. When she opens up the door, the bag is sitting right in front of her door. Um, And she says, you know, she hadn't even heard Jamie, um, but he had clearly known where it was and he just dropped it right there and she says for some reason seeing it made me feel the worst i had all day ashamed in a way i couldn't even explain as they reached down pulling it inside with me so clearly jamie did know but he kind of quietly like was like yep i knew but he's not like making a thing of it and 
Jamie, we appreciate that very much. Clearly, Ruby is going through something, and I think yelling at her about it wouldn't have really helped. So he just kind of quietly slides back that bag, and we will um, we will qu- quietly slide on out of your your ears. Now I'm done. I can't. I speak nothing earlier. You now slide this. out of your ears. <laughs> Ew! Uh, what the fuck kind of podcast is this? <laughs> what do you mean? Things got weird so quick. I was just like when Ruby was like, "Does my brother-in-law just go around being on the floor?" I made it that for a minute. I just was a weird pee on the floor person for a second. I was trying to think of a way to wrap up like, all right, hi, yes, we only read one chapter. We know. Okay, we know. We will be back next week to fully actually just discuss Lock and Key, I promise. But we just had those big things. Big things we had too. We wanted to catch up with all of you. We've missed all of you these last couple of weeks getting to talk to you guys. So, yeah, I just wanted to – let you know what's been going on reminisce ourselves because we just love doing that ever since we met sarah being like and remember this time it was amazing so yeah so i hope you all enjoyed our thoughts on speak now and getting to meet sarah and the fact that mike land got effing married only the like coolest thing she's a married lady and she's awesome um but yeah, here also on Hate Spinner Bait, we're here to to say that yes, marriages and, and stuff is exciting, but we also appreciate other big developments in your life, like meeting your childhood hero. Yes. So we stand all of the above. We do. And new Taylor Swift albums. We love that too. We do. So yeah, I think that's all we got for this week. Come back next week where we'll be slightly back to normal reading our book probably dogs will interrupt we can't you know we can't promise that there won't be any chaos it wouldn't be hate spinner bay without the chaos yeah. so come back for some more chaos and some more of ruby's story yes and my dog is currently doing acrobat acrobatic tricks on my couch so i'm gonna go save my brand new couch from my dog that's fair. And I That's hope fair. that you all take care of yourselves and have an excellent week. And I'm sorry we only did one chapter, but you know what? We're a couple of Gabby girls. We got a gab. It's true. We do enjoy gabbing. We do. It's our favorite pastimes. 100%. But yeah, take care of yourselves. We love you all. Bye. We'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.